Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast live from the Blake Street Tavern. Huge news as Davis Webb, a quarterback that committed to Colorado as a transfer from Texas Tech, has betrayed the Buffaloes and will play for the Bears next year. We have all that analysis coming. To my left is former editor of BSNBuffs.com, Ryan Konigsberg, and current columnist slash contributor, I don't know what he is. Across from me, though, is William Whalen, and uh, he is the editor and beat writer now of CU Buffs uh, News on BSNDenver.com. So, boys, uh, let's jump into it right away. This is some huge news. We haven't really even had any time to react. This broke about a half an hour before we started recording. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you got a hat tip. Uh, Adam Munster Tiger over at Rivals.com, BuffStampede.com. Uh, for breaking the news on Twitter. And this was something that, I mean, obviously I published a piece this morning just talking about what life would be like without Davis Webb, but this is really a story that we've seen coming down the pipe. Uh, talked about it before on the BSN Buffs, uh, BSN Buffs podcast, talked about it on every avenue of digital content when it comes to CU about the fact that it was becoming very clear uh, that, you know, there's – Certain things in the streets that I'm more privy to than maybe Jake is, Ryan. Uh, and there's, there's a, a subject called your side chick. You know, Davis Webb had a side chick this entire time. And what, be, what it became clear was that CU was actually the side chick. Uh, you know, the side chick is That's the one so that real. you want to be seen with in public a little bit. His Twitter bio said, quarterback committed to Colorado. But, you know, with your side chick... When you're in public, you stop wearing certain things when you're going to phase her out. You know, you don't wear the shirt that she loves anymore. Maybe you wear the shirt that doesn't fit quite right. He took down the pinned tweets about Buff Nation, the rise. You know, headers were changed on Twitter. Uh, it kind of became clear which direction this was going. And then when it's, of course, made official today, um, I mean, this is, and we'll get obviously more into it, but this is huge news uh, for Mike McIntyre. This is huge news for Colorado football. This is huge news for the Pac-12 uh, because obviously now Cal uh, gets a leg up uh, on some of their competition in terms of getting a big-time transfer in. So uh, there's no wonder why CU Buffs Twitter, especially CU Buffs Elite Twitter, uh, has completely just gone mad today after this news broke. Yeah, uh, it's a really unfortunate break of the old cookie for the Buffaloes, and that's just the way it crumbles, you know? Uh, I think... We have seen it coming. It's just one of those things, like you said, you just – usually when a guy is very committed and all of a sudden he's not very committed, he doesn't go back to being very committed. Uh, and you just felt it coming for a long time. It's really unfortunate for the Buffs. And I think, you know, people have a, a bit of a right to be upset just because of the fact that the Buffaloes dropped everything to go and get Davis Webb. And when they got him, they felt very comfortable at the quarterback position. For this to come down the pipe so late in the cycle, so late in everything, I mean, uh, we're close to getting into PRPs, you know, in the next couple weeks, which play run practices. It's very unfortunate for the Buffs because they don't have uh, – they can't just, you know, go and get another guy now. Um, there, there actually are a few transfer quarterbacks out there that they could look to. Uh, but, you know, it seems that now they're stuck with what they have. Uh, and to be honest – I think I'm higher on what they do have than many people are. Um, the prospect of Sefo Lufau, and you wrote this this morning, the prospect of Sefo Lufau starting at quarterback for the Buffaloes is not doom and gloom to me. Uh, it's at the very least, you know, you know what you're getting with him, and that's not bad. I, I really believe that, I, and I, I feel like there's certain players who I always end up defending throughout their careers, and Sefo feels like one of those to me. 
He's been behind a very weak offensive line, and he stands back there and takes hits like nobody else. Um, so, you know, he's tough. He's a leader. This team believes in him. He's going to rally them around him. Uh, and there's always a chance that he, you know, kind of catches lightning in a bottle and really maximizes the most of his skills. So very tough break for the Buffaloes today. But I don't think everyone should be a- acting like it's the end of the world. Tyler and Will are wearing matching shirts. I mean, it's the same company. It's the same casino. But, you know, it's not Tyler matching. Ziskin just walked in. He zoomed over here as the news came because he wanted – the world to hear his takes on this situation. Should we just hand Tyler the microphone yeah, I'm gonna right hand now? Yeah, no, Tyler, Tyler, you need to not even mic. prompt him. I actually didn't, wasn't even expecting to talk about it. I was just coming to say hello. But what's up? What's up? Um, I honestly don't care. I'm not going to lie. This is underwhelming so far. I thought Tyler was really going to spit I thought he's I honestly don't care. Like, it's it's been – the writing has been on the wall for a month, it seems like. like there, I had zero expectations that he was coming. The only thing that I'm really pissed off about is that we don't play him this year. Like, I would love for this team to get their shot at him on the other side of the field um, and just kind of tell them what they think about it. Because, you know, honestly, based on what we've seen on Twitter, it hasn't been that crazy. Like, I feel like people have kind of been they – they knew what was going to happen here as well. And kind of the same thing with the players. It seems like they were just like, well, we'll do it without you then. We don't care. But it would be – it would have been nice to be able to see them in like week eight or something and uh, be able to have a shot at him and see, see, you know, what they really thought about the situation, honestly. But before, before we get to the meaning of it towards Mike McIntyre, towards Darren Cheverini, towards the whole program, let's just look at this in a vacuum. Let's just say you substituted what would have been da- Davis Webb and you now have Cephalufau slash Steven Montez. So this is a straight up what? Just music. My heart will go on. He's legit playing in Blake Street Tavern right now. Oh, man. You cannot make What was playing as the story broke? Uh, Hold the line. Hold the line. line. That's not as good as this. But this is perfect. How is this playing in Blake? Like, we're in a bar right now, (laughs) and Celine Dion is blasting over the speakers. Her heart will go on. Um, but but the exchange. So you have basically a straight up trade. Let's look at it that way. Davis Webb for Steven Montez slash Safo Lufau. What advantages are there in that for the Buffs? What disadvantages are there? What do the Buffs lose in that? What do the Buffs gain? Well, it's tough to say because you want to say, well, you're getting a quarterback who's been in this offense for three years, but they're largely changing that offense to the offense that Davis Webb has been in for so long. So I think – it's a bit of a, uh, a conundrum there. People are going to see this as a, a massive negative, and you can't blame them for that. Um, you're losing a quarterback who you thought was going to be your starting quarterback, so it almost feels like now you're stuck with the backup. Um, and on a talent, straight-up talent basis, it's probably fair to say Davis Webb is a more talented quarterback than Sefo Lufau was. That being said... I think you're getting a lot with Sefa Lufa, a lot of intangibles. Um, you're not having to worry about, you know, a, a guy coming in and not exactly meshing with the locker room. And I, I know we have downplayed that before, and, and for good reason. But there's a lot here that's solid, a, a lot that's solidified. And, I, and there's the Sefa Lufa injury angle. Uh, I really, I really, really believe he'll be healthy for fall camp. And look, guys, like I, and we talk a lot about pure talent. You know, in every sport, you want you want talented guys. You want a guy, a quarterback with a rocket arm who can technically make all the throws, has the arm strength to do it all. 
You know, you want quick releases, you want height, you want all these things. But at the end of the day, you know, you can be seven feet in basketball, athletic, dunk everything, and suck at basketball. You could be 6'5", ripped. You could be Tim Tebow and have, like, a great body for the position, but suck. That would never happen with Tim Tebow, though. He's great. God, I hate that you're the Broncos writer now. But, you know, so it's like you have to put it all together. And I hate – I'm not a stats guy, again, because, number one – I suck at math, and I know not what numbers mean. But just uh, raw stats. Let's not go too advanced, but raw stats. I mean, Davis Webb's best season was was really good. you know. And, and David Webb obviously has not had uh, the full opportunity that necessarily Cephalufa has. Sure. But it's not – again, it's not like he threw 30 touchdowns and four interceptions. It's not like you were bringing in a Heisman Trophy candidate. You were bringing in with a, a guy with a big arm. That's the only thing that he's proven to have, that Cephalufau has proven not to have. Because uh, their raw numbers are, I mean, fairly comparable. Definitely. And, and you think about the, offen- the consistency and offensive philosophy that Davis Webb had at Texas Tech. Uh, you think about an offense fitting your skill set. That, that was a perfect marriage. I don't know if the offense that... Colorado has always run has been a perfect marriage for Cepho uh, and their numbers are comparable so yeah maybe you're not going to see uh, Shea Field streaking down the field for 80 yard touchdowns every other game but we've unless seen unless they're the playing Colorado- someone from the Mountain West well I was going to say unless, like you've seen plenty of guys streak down the sidelines for long touchdowns with Cepho Lufau behind center and if, again, this is all assuming that he's healthy. And frankly, before he got injured, his deep ball was coming into form right, m- more right. and more. Yeah, and so, and that's my thing is that, yeah, I, I get th- – there's the psychological thing that you brought up, Ryan, of now it feels like you've lost your starter, now you're under your backup before the season even starts. But, I mean, you've got a team that feels one piece away, you know, from making a bowl game. And honestly, I, I don't feel like that piece is quarterback. A great piece at quarterback can make up for a lot of deficiencies that you have everywhere. I don't, I don't look at Davis Webb. I never looked at Davis Webb as being the guy that was going to do that for Colorado. He seems like a luxury as opposed to an absolute necessity. Right. Uh, as you were talking there, I just started to daydream a little bit. Uh, and I mentioned this a little bit about how I've defended Cepho throughout his career. Uh, how awesome would it be if Cepho now comes in, is the starter, and leads this team back to a bowl game uh, and maybe a couple big wins? How I mean, it's just another – He just sends Marshawn Lynch gifts to Davis Webb <laughs> all year long. It, it's just another layer in the storyline of Cepho Lufau's career, which I think would make – I think would just be the cherry on top – for him, it's almost like he has this extra chip on his shoulder now. It's this extra redemption tour uh, that I think could be really, really awesome. And, I, and frankly, I hope it happens. My question for you guys is, d- does that light a fire under Sefo Lufau? Do you, do you think that Sefo Lufau is going to come back with vengeance? I, I don't know if it's going to be directed towards even Mike McIntyre and the coaching staff. Do you th- because I remember when he sent that tweet out when Sh- Sherian Jones came and everyone was talking about Sherian Jones where he was like, you know, you could kind of feel in him that he's like, well, I got a little 
fire under me, and maybe that's good for Sefo because he really hasn't had any competition at the quarterback position since, what, his freshman year when he took over for Connor Wood? And we, that wasn't much of a yeah. – uh, that wasn't very steady competition. I think it does light a fire under him, but I think that fire has been burning for quite some time now. I totally agree. I mean, people, people have been calling for Apse to start over him for – over a year. I mean, people have always been looking for the option besides Cepho since he took over. And, so, you know, there, there are guys who talk about, you know, the haters motivate me, but they, it, you know, they, they go on Twitter once every three weeks and search their name. They get pissed off. They go to the weight room, they lift, and then they forget about it the next day. You know, Cepho doesn't seem, Cepho seems like the kind of guy who is very focused on getting inside of his own head and firing himself up and finding ways to motivate himself. You know, he, he's not a guy that you need to push a whole lot. He does it himself. And these are, again, these are the situations that he's been facing. And it's just another one that I think, I, I agree, the fire's been burning. And if, if it could get any hotter, I'm sure it is now. Yeah, I, I think, I just, like I said, it's going to be cool because I, I believe in Sefa Lufau. Uh, and and I want to see him go out there and do this because if anyone deserves it, it's him. He uh, he's a lock for the Buffalo Heart Award this year. Uh, he's 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 everything that I love about college football. That's going to wrap up this first segment of the BSN Buffs podcast, brought to you by the Clock Tower Grill right off the Lincoln Light Rail Station in uh, Denver. Uh, if you're on your way down to the ball game or up to the ball game, because that would be south where the Lincoln Light Rail Station is. If you're on your way up to the ball game. Uh, perfect place to stop off and get your pregame bites and uh, some snacks and maybe a drink or two. It's a great place to get your pregame on, especially during the summer when you're coming up for a Rockets game. So stick around, and we'll be right back on the other side of this break. Hi, this is Justin Gold from Justin's. If you've had my nut butter or my peanut butter cups, then you know that I take my products and my customers very seriously. So when I needed my roof replaced, I wanted somebody who feels the same way about their customers and their products that I do. Luckily for me, I found exactly that when I went to Chip Ezzo from Chip's Roofing, and he provided me with a service that I'll never forget. Not only did they build me a beautiful high-wind roof with the best products available, but the quality, price, and service was exceptional. I was in contact with Chip the entire time, and him and his crew couldn't have been more professional. Chip's Roofing has my business for life. Chips Roofing, Colorado's high-wind roofing experts for 30 years. You can find us online at chipsroofingllc.com. That's chipsroofingllc.com. Or call us now at 720-938-ROOF. That's 720-938-ROOF. Once again, 720-938-ROOF. Hi, I'm Erica Chenard, and I've been helping Colorado homeowners buy and sell for 14 years. From the biggest names in Colorado to first-time buyers, I treat each and every one like an MVP. I've sold over 170 homes in the last 12 months, and I can help you sell your current one or buy your next one. Call me, Erica Chenard, at 720-663-1003 or online at denvercohomes.com. Of course you want to be in better shape, and of course you want to change the way you eat, but it's easier said than done. Hi, I'm Adam Kinney, and like you, I've tried a million different things to accomplish this before I found the solution. Now, I go to Ironclad Fitness off of Evans. The days of long, boring cardio sessions are over. My kettlebell training at Ironclad is fast, innovative, and it really works. 
At this rate, I'll never step on a treadmill again. Let Ironclad Fitness change your life like they're changing mine. Ironclad Fitness. Hey, Josh, what happened to Colorado Keg House? I was just there yesterday, Adam. It's the same great place with 72 Colorado craft beers on tap. Really? I heard they had up to 60 breweries in there. I figured they must have moved into a huge building or something. That means they have up to 60 different breweries on tap, dude. Do you think they actually crammed 60 breweries in there? Oh, so they still have 27 TVs? Yeah. And NFL Sunday ticket? Yep. Cool. Still awesome. Colorado Keg House, Colorado's home for craft beer by the First Bank Center in Broomfield. Coming back to you live from Blake Street Tavern, this is the BSN Buffs Podcast, part of the BSN Denver Podcast Network. I am Jake Shapiro alongside Ryan Koningsberg and Will Whalen. We are talking about the Davis Webb news. It just broke. Davis Webb will not be playing football for the Colorado Buffaloes next year. Instead, he will be playing for the California Bears, uh, which Will is familiar with because he just moved from basically Berkeley to Boulder, uh, right? I mean, in that area. I you mean, you, like you chose Boulder over 20 Berkeley. Miles away, but I mean I, I don't know. Berkeley kind of sucks to be honest. Like it's should have told Davis Webb that it's dirty. The girls are ugly. The food's really not that good. It's super expensive, and honestly, like everybody in the Bay Area, like if you like people will like, go to Stanford, you're like damn, I'm gonna work for you one day. If you go to Cal, you're like we're like nerd. I don't know. Like, like, <laughs> like, I don't I know. Have, like Cal Berkeley kind of sucks, to be honest. I have one Berkeley experience, and it was the worst Super Bowl party I went to the whole time I was in uh, the Bay Area. So, yeah, I think it sucks, too. Ber- Berkeley, seriously, and the, the campus is the most overrated. Actually, Stanford and Berkeley are the two most overrated campuses in the country. I should say, uh, I, I went to Berkeley with Chad Brown uh, that night, and he told me a hilarious story about his official visit to Cal and I'll basically cut to the chase but he obviously went out one of the nights he was there and the next day was like the big closing you know they're gonna try and get him to commit and so their idea was to bring him out on a boat and you know take him around the bay but he was so uh knocked down from the night before that going on the boat was like the worst idea ever. He was seasick the entire time. Jeez. He said, you know, the coach of Cal at the time, I couldn't tell you who it was, but it was like, you know, telling him and, you know, coming with this big final pitch as they're sitting on this boat. And he's like, literally all I could think about was how badly I just wanted to yak off the edge of it. So needless to say, he didn't end up at Cal. But I mean, I remember when, so I got kindly asked to leave CU after my first semester on a suspension. Um, and I went back to the Bay Area and a bunch of my friends from high school, I mean, friends is a loose term and, you know, they were smart and had money. So I went to house parties at their houses <laughs> in, in high school. And so they were in fraternities at Berkeley and like I, I'm in town and like, hey, man, like, welcome back. You should come out with us this week. I'm like, oh, sweet. Like, yeah, we're having a fraternity party. It's going to be sweet. The only time when I've ever trusted those words. And so I go, and they're just like, yeah. So, like, we always get the hottest girls at Cal to come to our parties. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. Like, two hours in, I'm like, sweet. So, like, do they all come in, like, a pack? You know, <laughs> like, do they walk in at the same time? Or what do they just kind of filter in throughout the night, and you have to kind of pick them off as they come through the door? <laughs> and, and he's just like, no, like, like, everybody's here. And it was, honestly, like, it felt like a dorm party 
mm. at CU, but not one of the cool dorm parties where the RA like provides everything for you. <laughs> one of the really lame dorm dorm parties that's the door is closed. Where like everyone's trying to be quiet. Yeah, and- yeah. And so ever since then I was like, wow, like Cal really sucks. And my dad went to Cal on a basketball scholarship and transferred out after a year. And you know, I mean, he went to do like trip acid in the forest and play guitar, but like, you know, so it's different. But nonetheless, like, Cal sucks. So and he so, knows Bill Walton. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and I mean, I get that. I mean, Cal's put out so. You think about the NFL talent that's come through Cal in the last 15 years. It's, it's insanity. I mean, their their third string running backs are getting are signing their third contract in the NFL. Um, but, I mean, for a football player, honestly, like. Like the facilities aren't that great. The uniforms are super lame. Um, Believe that. The stadium is kind of old. I mean, it's literally I mean, falling apart like, because of an earthquake. I mean, unless you want to like, like get a great <laughs> education, that's really all there is to do. And what you're gonna get Berkeley. that great education in one year? Right. Yeah. Like, like you're gonna start a graduate degree. Like, you're not gonna actually graduate. Like, stop, stop acting like you're gonna. So you, like. He went to Texas Tech though, so that like shows his intelligence. The first. I, don't I don't mean remember. to rip on him, just like Cal sucks. I don't. I'm I don't sorry. know how this segment started, but it became the biggest Cal shade throwing fest of all time. Like honestly, I, I'll be real with you guys, and nah, I'm not, but like, I'm all for the kids making their own decisions, and, and honestly, like, I, I don't think anybody should be like wishing injury on this kid or anything like that. Like, there are there were maybe better ways to handle it. Yeah, absolutely. But considering the stuff that I was doing at his age, I'm—I mean, I'm not going to throw rocks from my house. Um, first You're of all, elite. You're about to elite, elite house. house. Yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, like yeah, uh, I mean, I, I feel for Buff Nation, those who are upset, and I feel you know, like I am the same age as David. You—you kind of are, and like I see things that you do. I, I'm 100% responsible all the time. Yeah. I, yeah. I've never left one job for another or anything like that. <laughs> never. Never. <laughs> I've never felt like I had a better opportunity and chased it. You've never had an entire program's coaching staff uh, laugh at you as you walked in the gym in Las Vegas? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was well younger than Dar- Davis Webb This then. is true. This is true. Basically, you know, from, from a human perspective, I wish him luck uh, because we all need luck. You know, we're all on our way out. We should act accordingly. Uh, but – you know, from another perspective. I love this segment so much. <laughs> from another perspective, it's like, dude, like if I had one year left of college and I could play for a former coach, there was a decent amount of wide receiver talent around. So see you. I mean, no, like I'd probably go to like Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but like honestly, you could do a lot. You could do a lot worse than see you. Um, if if he if he was coming out of high school, you can't blame a kid for going to a, a school like Cal. You know, and, and I get that. But as a one-year grad transfer, I mean, is the opportunity at Cal really that much better than CU? No, no. I mean, they're pretty similar. They're pretty comparable. They are very similar. Except Colorado has hotter girls, and here's the town is cooler. Here's what I'll say. It's not cool to root injury or anything like that, but I'm totally okay with CU fans rooting for him to not win the starting job. That's okay with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's totally fair game. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, in Go fact, ahead. I kind of encourage it. <laughs> That way he has to spend more downtime in Berkeley around not hot girls. And if one of your daughters, like, if you're listening to this, you're like, damn, my daughter goes to Cowell. Like, sorry, but, like, that applies to her, too, probably. Wow. 
All right, let's bring this back to CU-centric. <laughs> uh, Davis Webb leaving to Berkeley. What does that mean for the Buffs? Uh, what was the question again? What does this mean for the Buffs? What does this mean for the coaching staff? We've already kind of discussed what it means towards Sefa Lufau, but especially the way the coaching staff addressed this, I know uh, me and Ryan were around in spring ball, and they were talking about Davis Webb as if he was a part of the team for next year, and obviously he's not. He was on all the official SID stuff, and you know he was basically as much a part of the team as anyone uh, that was injured not practicing uh, for the most part. So how do you feel about the, how the coaching staff approached this going forward? What are your takeaways from this situation? Well, one thing first, I, I've seen this kind of around Twitter and on some message boards already. And trust me, I've been tempted to use this as an indictment on McIntyre because, I mean, like it's not every day that a college football coach at a Power 5 conference school loses two highly regarded transfer quarterbacks in the same offseason. I mean, that's not a great look, sure. But I just I, – I feel the need to say, and I am – I'm not like slow to uh, criticize Colorado coaches and sports when it needs to be, but I feel like today, you know, like what what else can you ask from a head coach to do? He went out, he fought for two kids. The first one, there was a lot going on there, and it didn't work out, but it didn't work out quickly. He had this guy, the best available quarterback on the market, committed for five almost you know five months almost, and. I mean, he went down to Texas. He, he did essentially everything that you can do in recruiting a player. So I, I want to say that for people saying, well, this, all the, this is an indictment on McIntyre, you know what will be an indictment on McIntyre? Their record this year. That, that's, that's what it comes down to for this coaching staff. Like, we can talk about where they go and all that, but what matters is their record. If they go 3-9, and nine, Mike McIntyre might not be the head coach next year. If they go six and six in the regular season and go to a bowl, then Davis Webb doesn't matter. I mean, that five and seven won't have a lot to do with Davis Webb. You know, that's what. So that's and and it won't have a lot to do with Mike McIntyre's handling of Davis Webb. What matters for McIntyre is his record. That's where he should focus all his energy going forward. Yeah, I mean, you can't. You just can't blame Mike McIntyre in this situation. Like, what? What would you say? It, it, and maybe, you know, something went wrong along the way in recruiting that we'll never know about. But from our perspective and what we know, what can you say against Mike McIntyre or Darren Chiverini or anyone on the staff um, that would say this is their fault? Look, they, as, as uh, late as last night, were under the impression that Davis Webb was going to be a buff from the word, from the mouth of Davis Webb. So it's, it's, it's unfair to say... You know, I can't believe, you know, someone said, someone on Twitter said, Mike McIntyre never looks sillier than he did today. Well, what's he going to do? Uh, a couple weeks ago when we asked him, you know, he's going to be like, well, you know, I don't know. You, if you ask me, he probably isn't coming. Yeah, that, that boy gone. <laughs> like, he's not saying uh, that. Look at the writing on the wall. He that can't say that. looks terrible for a head coach. So he's going to obviously say, I stand by the word of the player and blah, blah, blah. So, you know. And honestly, it's a, it's a great guilt trip technique as well. I mean – like when when you consi- when you consistently say like, well I'm under the impression that he's coming. It, I mean at least from a pure statement perspective, it kind of takes the onus off of you. Like he's told me he's coming. He gave me his word. I gotta trust his word. Right. Like what am I what am I gonna do? You know, 
call him every day, be like, I heard you're not coming. Like, you don't, that's side chick behavior. Yeah. Like, he obviously, like, obviously you were the side chick in the end, but like, you don't you, act like you the side chick. You gotta act like you're the you main gotta, chick. You gotta act like the bottom, you know, word. Yeah. That I, we can't probably say. Can I say it? No. I mean, it's I know your podcast. Editor, but I'm not gonna say it. But, you know, you, you gotta act like the bottom one, not the side chick. Right. You know. Exactly. Even though you know you're the side chick, yeah. you act like the bottom. What I will say is, do you think the way Darren Cheverini, Mike McIntyre, and company have handled this helps them in the future or hurts them in the future? I think that tweet that uh, Coach Chev sent out is great. He's getting some good national press for it. Um, I mean, because we all, honestly, this is an interesting situation because you consider what happened in College Station recently with the Texas A&M assistant coach going on that Twitter rampage against a decommitment. And it's like you saw the fallout with other commitments. You saw fallout with players. I mean, what this has done, actually, I mean, if you're to take social media as being important, is it makes Coach Chev look great because he was very classy about it. CU is being portrayed nationally in a good light in that regard. And the players have started to kind of galvanize uh, themselves around this idea that we got spurned, but you know what? We're going to take the high road and we're going to compete. Uh, and so I think the way they've handled it is great. I mean, Mac, Ma- Mike McIntyre, as a head coach, you're never going to be as active on social media. You're not as much – you're as much of a head spokesperson as anybody. You know, so you kind of have to be a little bit more, I guess, reserved with what you actually say publicly. But I think he's handled it great, and, and especially Coach Chev. I mean, that was a great move. I think the other moving piece that we haven't really covered yet is Steven Montez and where he is on the depth chart now – entering fall camp he has to be number two behind Sefo Lufau saying that Sefo Lufau is healthy uh, with Jordan Gerke still here uh, Kate Apsay has transferred Jaleel Awini will be playing in the offensive uh, what nothing nothing okay uh, Jaleel Awini will be playing uh, the offensive side of the ball <laughs> so the Buffs have a couple options there, but it seems that Cephalufau is number one, and if Cephalufau cannot start, it will be Steven Montez, redshirt freshman. He will have the job. Yeah, and is that the – here's what's hard to quantify here, and, and it's kind of the elephant in the room. Mike McIntyre's back is, is against the wall, and no matter how you want to slice it, that's the truth. Um, now, Steven Montez is a quarterback that I have a lot of belief in. And would it be the worst thing in the world for the development of Steven Montez if he was the quarterback this year? Absolutely not. Would it be the best thing for the Buffs in their chances of going to a bowl game and keeping this staff in Boulder? Absolutely not. So that's where you look at it. You know, from a long-term standpoint, if Steven Montez has to take meaningful reps this year, that's actually a good thing. Uh, it's just not you, – you, you don't want to have to count on him – to be the quarterback to lead you when he's never taken a snap at the college level. And if you read the piece this morning, I said, you know, obviously a lot of people were expecting big things out of Montez in that spring game, and he had flashes, but he didn't show the complete package that some people for some reason were hoping uh, to see in terms of his accuracy and whatnot. But, you know, I wrote in my piece this morning that maybe he's a gamer. You know, Sefa Lufau's never looked great in practices his entire career. But he's also never looked great at the end of games. I mean, that's real. But I'm just saying, like, he – he also has played above what you would expect him to in practice a lot, even, even if he's not completely inspiring. So maybe Montez has a hit of that. But, and, and I get, you know, my good friend Tyler here tweeted something earlier about what you were just talking about, Ryan, in terms of, you know, like 
maybe Montez playing this year is for that would be for the health of the program long term. Well, the health I'm sorry, but the health of the program is directly related to who's running it. And and another and more turnover, more buyouts, more coaching searches. It it's hard to sell that to me as being part of a healthy program even long term because you're talking about another transition class. You're talking about more room depth, you're talking about transfers. And I get that you could probably attract a higher commodity of a coach with the things that you have in place within the program right now. Um, but still, I, I don't think it's for the best in, the best interest, in, and Ryan, you kind of said this, is not for Montez to play. It could work out. It could be great. And it's, and it's good for him, personally, to get that experience. And he could become a better quarterback for that. Uh, but CU needs Lufau to be healthy because otherwise – not only are you relying serious. on Steven Montez in that, in that sense, then you are also worrying about who's behind him. I mean, who is behind him? Gurkhas. Exactly. <laughs> it's Gurkhas. I believe, is the correct pronunciation. He's actually, in, in the post-spring depth chart, he's actually ahead of Steven Montez, if that tells you anything. TJ Patterson's over there, too. Yeah, your boy. My boy. And there's another guy, like I think his last name is McGarry. Yeah, he looked good, and uh, from what I heard in spring practice, obviously because we never saw one. But that's, I mean, if you have a quarterback uh, depth chart of Steven Montez, Jordan Gerke, and question mark, question mark, question mark, then you're in a lot of trouble. Remember, they were playing a defensive end at quarterback at one point last year, or line, line uh, whatever, opening three four at a linebacking position that they don't even use. Right, uh, uh, but. You know, that, that's dangerous because we've seen this offensive line and maybe they've improved. Maybe they haven't. And then you're in yeah. big trouble if your starter, if your then starter who would actually technically be your third string quarterback goes down. And the last thing you need is a freshman quarterback's confidence being screwed week one because his offensive line let him get hit 13 times. So last question to wrap up all the Davis Webb news. Does Davis Webb not being a Buffalo affect their your prediction of their win-loss total? I know already – that uh, CSU fans slid into my Twitter and was like totally taking CSU in the 10 points now for the Rocky Mountain Showdown. I bet you that line moves. 10 points was never a bad bet. That, yeah, that was a great yeah. bet for CSU the entire time. Um, I mean, I, honestly, Davis, Davis Webb now, it, my win prediction has nothing to do with Davis Webb. My win prediction has everything to do, Ryan is dancing right now and I can't stop looking. My win prediction would have everything to do with Cepho's health. And Again, that again, Cephos health has nothing to do with Davis Webb. It's just about whether he would be ready or not. Um, so you tell me he's healthy. I'm picking this team to win six games. You tell me he's not. Where I, I I'd go four, maybe. Yeah. Uh, here's my look at things, and it's I was never gonna predict anything until I saw these guys in fall camp. Look, we it's a very real possibility. We've seen these quarterback transfers get built up to be the savior, and then we see them on the field, and we all kind of look at each other like, wait, this is the, the Connor Wood who's going to lead the buffs back to the promised land? So, What was homie's name with the, with the pink chucks and the blonde spiky hair? Shane Dillon. Yes. But he was a recruit, not a transfer. What I'm saying oh, is no. I wasn't going to say that. anything. I, I wasn't going bowl game. Until I saw Davis Webb on the on the field, so that's where I stand now. So I never, I can't say my win prediction was going to be affected because I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to get from Davis Webb until I saw him in that offense. Uh, so 
to me, it comes down to, uh, you know, let's get out to fall camp. Let's see what Cepho Lufa has to do. And, yes, I'll still be coming by the opening, the open practices at fall camp when Thank I Thank God. So We need those spicy Levitt tweets. Yeah. Those vines. Oh, I'm not going to be there at, like, 8 a.m. waiting for them to walk on the field like I was last year. But, you know. I don't think anybody will be. Exactly. That's why, I, you know, I'm who I am. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> but uh, it's it, – so, you know, it's all going to – like you said, in the end, it really all just comes down to Cephos Hill. That's going to wrap up this second segment of the BSN Buffs podcast live from the Blake Street Tavern, the perfect place to come for any occasion. We are uh, – well, we, we still haven't celebrated my 21st birthday party here, but we will at some point. We are celebrating – Saturday. Yeah, Will coming. I'm literally well, going to kill you guys. Saturday <laughs> is not for Chap's birthday. Well, that's what I was going to say. Saturday is for Will coming back to town. We're having a welcome back party for Will. No, no, definitely not. We might swing by for a few seconds, say I'm what done. up to Will. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's really going to be about Chap's 21st birthday at Blake Street Tavern. Yep, so uh, if you want to come be a part of the Buffs Twitter elite or the Blake Street boys, come out to Blake Street on now, Saturday. Let us clarify. If you want to be in the Buffs Twitter elite, you have to come to Blake Street Tavern. It's, that's a given. Uh, and we'll talk about more uh, BSN stuff uh, and uh, CU Buff stuff on the other side of this commercial break. Thanks for listening. Why go to the Clock Tower Grill? Because of the burgers? Sure. How about the 15 big screen TVs and the 100-inch projection screen? Okay. How about the fact that it's conveniently located at the Lincoln Light Rail Station? Yep. We could do this all day. The bottom line is that the Clock Tower Grill has unique food and drink specials every single day and offers something for everyone all the time. Head down to the Lincoln Light Rail Station and let's have some fun at the Clock Tower Grill. Rain, sleet, or snow, 24 hours a day, residential or commercial, you name it, A-Team does it. A-Team Garage Doors will meet or beat any estimate and offer same-day repairs. A-Team Garage Doors has a five-star rating and is a home advisor elite service provider. Call A-Team Garage Doors at 720-556-8016. That's A-Team Garage Doors, 720-556-8016. Call 8016 for the A-Team. When is the last time you went to the Rock Restaurant and Bar on Smoky Hill Road? With 69-cent wings on Mondays, trivia on Tuesdays, and $2 domestics during happy hour and weekends, the Rock Restaurant and Bar is the only choice when I'm in South Aurora. They're open 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day, making them a great place for a big breakfast, tasty lunch, or a nice dinner. The Rock is off of Smoky Hill Road, just a few blocks west of E-470. Find them online at therockrest.com. That's therockrest.com. $3 beer specials, $4 shot specials, $5 appetizer specials, and two-for-one 10-inch pizzas. All of that happens every Sunday at Ernie's Bar and Pizza. Not only does Ernie's have the best deals, but they were just voted number one New York-style pizza in Denver by the Westward. Why go anywhere else? Make Ernie's Bar and Pizza your home for football on Sundays. Ernie's Bar and Pizza, 44th and Federal in Old North Denver, where the Pisons live. 
If you're tired of the same old sports bar experience, it's time to check out the Sunset Grill. They have the NFL Sunday ticket, NHL Center Ice, NBA TV, and yes, even the Pac-12 Network. But they also have a gorgeous view from their spacious deck. They have dry ribs, wings, and mussels to go with their ice-cold beer. They have $4 Bud and Bud Light pitchers on Sundays, and their happy hour is from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. So next time you're looking for a place to watch the game, do it a little different and go to the Sunset Grill off Holly and County Line in Centennial. Sunset Grill. Are you a 1099 or an LLC owner looking to file taxes? Great. Go to johnrdundon.com. That's johnrdundon.com. Nobody knows the tax code like John Dundon. Do not get scammed by one of these fly-by-nights and do not put yourself in a position to be audited by the government. Do it right the first time. Go to johnrdundon.com. With over 12 years of experience, John Dundon will file for you, fight for you, and protect you. Two things that the website you file through cannot do. Go to johnrdundon.com. That's johnrdundon.com. We are gathered here today to talk about the death of the boot mechanics live read. Jeremy Johnston no longer paying for a live read on the BSN Denver podcast network. So boot mechanics no longer sponsoring the BSN Denver podcast network. So this is a very sad day as uh, never again until he, well, unless he wants to re-up with us for ski season next year. Never again will we have a boot mechanics live read. Uh, a lot of good times celebrated. Ryan, if you'd like to speak a few words about Jeremy Johnston and the Boot Mechanics Live Read, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to thank everyone for being here today. It means a lot to the family. Uh, you know, the Boot Mechanics Live Read was everything to us. Uh, you know, a great, a great commercial, but really it was a bonding moment for every single person that was on the BSN Buffs podcast and truly for our listeners uh, I think every everyone can agree that the BSN th- that the Boot Mechanics Live Read was beloved around these parts. Um, so it's just it's a really sad day to say goodbye to it. And it should also be noted that we were accidentally doing that read for like six months when we didn't have to. It, Jeremy Johnson canceled like a long time ago. Uh, so now to he's still getting free at time. <laughs> <laughs> now to celebrate Boot Mechanics and our. Former pal Jeremy Johnston, we will play a few clips of the Boot Mechanics live reads of the past. Unless Tyler wants to say a word. No, we're going to go ahead and roll the tape. Tyler's too broken up about the Boot Mechanics live read to say anything about it. We're going we're gonna to roll the tape. can't believe I'm even telling you this, my secret, but uh, I've been going down to Glute Mechanics for a while now, and professional skier Jeremy Johnston has great glutes. <laughs> and he <laughs> will tell you his regiment for getting your glutes in peak beach season. I'm sorry, I went. I had to go to the bathroom, but I just it takes me a while to get from place to place right now because my feet hurt so much. We both have this weird problem. I'm 5'4", and Tyler's like 6'8", or something, <laughs> and neither of us can get ski boots that fit our size. Who is Fruit Mechanics. If you're look, trying to look fresh, you got to get down to Suit Mechanics. We're really into owls. I have the place for you. No way. Hoot mechanics. I'm thinking about playing a musical instrument just because I know how much ladies love musical instruments. And I couldn't think of the exact musical instrument that I wanted to play. But I was thinking one that made the noise. (laughs) Do you know any musical instruments that make that noise? Yo, Shep, first of all, I got to agree. Ladies love the instruments. uh, And that's why I got with my guy Jeremy Johnson at Flute Mechanics. 
Not mechanics. Flute. So, so, so flute. I want to play a flute. Well, not only do they have world-class flutes, but they have trumpets. They have trombones. They have guitars. They have pianos. You know, it's, it's, we're gonna miss we're gonna miss boot mechanics live or But in the end, it just seemed like Jeremy was only here to toot it and boot it. And now he feels stupid. Now we're gonna move on to the alumni discussion that we promised we would have. Um, Will Whalen, Ryan Koenigsberg here, Jake Shapiro, Tyler Ziskin also here. We'll throw some things by him. The Colorado basketball program is uh, not the program, but the former players of the program are doing this thing where they play in a tournament all together. They did it last year for a million dollars. They lost in the first round, but they're going to try again this year. The to the eventual champions, should be noted. Okay. To the uh, For a grand prize of $2 million, they're re-entering it with some really notable former alumni. So we're going to talk about how really great this is for the program to feel like this is a family, not only when they're playing at CU, but after their lives at CU and the commodity these guys uh, bring to the table and camaraderie. Com yeah, I was going to say commodity is literally the wrong word to use. <laughs> ah, it's close. You understood me. They were great commodities for the program. This is true. Start talking about it so I don't say anything else. <laughs> um, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Honestly, and Bo, uh, who really spearheaded this from the beginning, will we'll say as much. Of course, and the prize is $2 million this year, of course – that's a great prize. Uh, but what it's really about is making sure that, uh, you know, these buffs are staying together. Look, you've got, you know, you've got buffs from, I think, all the way back to the Patton era, Very all the way through the Boyle era, getting together uh, to not only play basketball and, and, you know, strive for a championship, but to really uh, unite in the culture that is Colorado basketball. And to me, it – it just makes the program feel more real. Like, like it makes Colorado basketball more of a thing to have all these guys getting together and really uh, uniting in the culture of Colorado basketball. You know, I actually wanted to tie this into something that you guys debated a, a while back. Uh, you guys were talking about the worst Twitter names for programs. You guys were talking about win the day, which is still like the lamest thing I've ever Not seen. Not as bad life. as a player's program. But here's why a player's program is amazing. No. Yes. It needs to be said. Because it, it was just an idea. It was like this stupid, kitschy idea. But the fans bought into it. And the players bought into it. And the recruits bought into it. Because now everything, when you, when you go to UCLA and you walk around, everything's about John Wooden. Everything's about John Wooden. You have some Blue Center stuff, but everything's about John Wooden and the teams and the titles. When you go to Arizona, everything is about individuals. It's about Steve Kerr. It's about Richard Jefferson. It's about uh, Jason Terry. It's about all these guys that they've had through time, all these draft picks that they had. And it continues to associate players with their school and their program. And, and you, know, it's, you know why that it's like that, though? It's because they don't have the national titles to boast. Well, they, they've, got, they've got one. One. I mean, Again, yeah, but, but, but so we does talk about football. We, but Colorado football talks about right. uh, that title game. But again, it, it's but Arizona has found a way. Colorado but, football is a, a players program. <laughs> okay, fine, <laughs> whatever. But Arizona has found a way to always keep a intrinsic tie from the brand of the program, the brand of the university, to its players. And it helps that you're pumping out NBA guys all the time. I mean, that surely helps. But I get that. That's why that's kind of. It's, it's genius marketing, and it's genius brand management. And I hate you. Word. Um, you can say that now. 
Um, for the Buffs, obviously this is different. Uh, and obviously Colorado's not the same kind of program that Arizona is. Um, but anything that you can do to create a link between your brand and, and the current team that you have, current group that you have, and those who came before them is huge. And, and that was one of the things that Boyle talked about so much when he first took the job. He's like, I want former players to come here and play in the offseason. I want them to scrimmage our guys. I want them to kick the hell out of our guys. You know, I want our pro guys to feel like they can rep Colorado. We talk about buffs in the NFL saying they're high school on Monday or Sunday night football how or whatever it they. is. You know, and, and how up in arms people get about it. You know, he, he wants people to take pride in their program after the, after the fact. And what's great about this, about the basketball tournament and what they've done, is you mentioned that they have players all the way back to the patent era. I mean, you talk about Dominique Coleman, uh, Scott Sanger. I mean, these are classic names. And they're still wearing Buffs gear. They, you know, they are coming back to play current players. What is Tyler all pissed off <laughs> nothing, about right Nothing, nothing. That I was praising Arizona about something? No. Okay. Anyways. Real quick, I just have to add in something really quick. Um, if Buff fans are going to get all mad when they don't say their name, then I think I deserve praise because last night I added University of Colorado alum to my Twitter bio. What's up? I mean, all right. It's truly so, one of my proudest So where do we go from here? Um, yeah, no, I'll give you credit for that, for sure. I think that's dope. Some, some, I literally wake up and I see my diploma on my desk and I'm like, Dude, I, never I really got made a diploma. it. I made it. I actually graduated. Oh, my God. I never got a diploma, which is... Like concerns me, to be honest. It should be concerning to you because I can definitely see a scenario that you didn't graduate. Yeah, that's probably likely. But a lot of these guys, well, a lot of these guys didn't either. But, you know, <laughs> but, um, actually most of them did. But, I mean, you think about anything that can really connect the two. And the fact is, is this is player-driven. This was a guy like Bo Gamble who was such a great advocate for this program and the state and, and really the school in his time at CU. And since then, um, this was a kind of grassroots effort by players for the players to represent their program in another fashion. And that's what's so cool. And honestly, I mean, in selfish ways for us, you know, as, as people who watch these guys play as media members, and I'm sure for fans as well, it's, all, it's an additional way to keep track of where the hell these guys are. You know, because since not a lot of them are in the NBA, they're playing professionally around the world, though. And so it can be kind of difficult to track their movements. I mean, frankly, I think... That's the reason why a lot of people all of a sudden realize that Corey Higgins and his uh, CSKA Moscow, CS- Moscow yeah. team won the EuroLeague title yeah. just a couple days ago. I mean, that's humongous. That's serious. That's and he a was lo- a key contributor. It's not, he yeah. wasn't riding the bench. Right. No, he, and, and you can watch some EuroLeague games, and the competition is t- oh, it's it's real. tough. It's They're real. really, really good players. And this is just one more thing to help, I think, CU fans – follow their past players. It's one more ways to connect past players to the program. And there's literally nothing bad about it, however you look at it. Right. Even if they lose in the first round again. Like, it, right. Like, nobody nobody actually cares. Nobody's like, screw Bo Gamble and those guys for not getting me paid. Actually, actually, if they lose in the first round of the TBT, I might argue that they should have gone to the TBT NIT instead. Is that better than actually? Is that better than getting a Tyler's ball in the TBT? I'm glad Tyler liked that joke. <laughs> that, that was a that was a real discussion of people. <laughs> I mean, that was a real discussion of people. It was, and it was a bad one. 
not a not a good one for sure. For sure. Um <laughs> so uh do you have any more topics to talk about with the alumni team? Yeah, no. yeah you were gonna bring something up, Will. Well, I wanna bring something up about when you look at who, who I mean, who are the most prominent alumni alums playing professional basketball around the world right now for CU? Corey Higgins, Alec Burks, Andre Robertson, Spencer Dinwiddie. And, Andre and Robertson should probably be number one right, on that list right now. Because you, you consider the runs that they're having. I don't think the program, and I'm not talking necessarily about Boyle, I don't know that the program and those responsible of marketing it do a good enough job of celebrating those guys. In fact, I think they do a pretty piss-poor job. That's pretty real. I mean, the, you, you, again, you walk around any like all these other schools, and there are jerseys of the players. There's posters. There's, uh, again, so I, much praise for these guys. I actually proposed something. Do you remember the? it was a Miami football manager, and every game he wears a different jersey on the, on the stadium. So on the sidelines for a Miami football game, he wears a different jersey of a pro Miami football player. That's so I actually awesome. told one of the managers at CU, I was like, you guys need to do this. I mean, what, you only have to buy four jerseys. Chris Copeland, and he's not even right. – Chris Copeland? He's not under contract not right at, now. So you need Alec Burks, Andre Robertson – and what, what, and Spencer, I mean, what? So that's a three hundred dollar investment, and you get you you're you're pumping the program constantly. I mean, they'll, they will talk about that on ESPN. Right, right, and yeah, I mean that that's the thing is that it just it's always kind of bugged me, you know, the fact that there's not more done for that, especially when you consider, I mean, honestly, and this is weird to say, does the program do enough to celebrate its connection to Chauncey? I mean, I think it does, it does a lot more for Chauncey, obviously, with his – I mean, Chauncey's a different brand than any of these other guys. But you, there, I don't think there's ever too much that you can do to really pump up your connection, especially to NBA players as a college program. I will say that not many teams have in their gym a mural of two players that are in or just were in the NBA – there to see for everyone there's a mural of Chauncey and Alec Burks in the gym and you know sure, sure but th- that you you walk in and you see that that's not you, you the see, best one you is still a, the Carlin Brown one in yeah, the very I mean, beginning that's great. of the facility but again like you see, you see the picture and they're in Colorado jerseys you like the buffs in the NFL wall that Colorado football's already always that's had. awesome and that's have you seen badass. the new one in the new facility no, it's no. sweet that like that kind of stuff is badass Colorado basketball doesn't do any of that. And Colorado basketball is still playing catch-up. Over the last five years, six years, they've been playing catch-up to the big boys in college basketball on what it takes to function like that kind of program. I'm sure they'll get there, but it's not good enough right now, and it's really disappointing. They have that big empty hallway walking from the women's basketball locker room to the entrance to the floor at the CEC. If they, I know that's a multi-use facility, hallway, and they use that for a lot of different equipment. But nobody cares but, about anything else. Right, so like, but if you throw on the side of the walls there just pictures of all of the different athletes, women's basketball, women's volleyball, men's basketball, to play at the Coors Event Center and go overseas and play professionally, whether that be, you know, uh, just playing for some women's basketball team in, in Russia or playing in the NBA. I think you need to celebrate all the athletes that have signed no, and no, played professionally no. somewhere. It, no. that, that's a lot like them trying to hold the Midnight Madness and celebrating the cheerleading squad or, I'm so, or, or, and having it after a volleyball game. Yeah, that's minor league stuff. No, that, that sucked. 
that that was that was what like Saint I, Mary's I understand does. those players deserve all the credit. I mean, for reaching the peak of their sport, but <clears throat> when it comes to this, what's important is talking about the players that are in the NBA. I mean, there's no level higher than the NBA. There's nothing. It's it's the biggest stage, and all and players in the NBA are more figures than they are in any other professional sport. And and you take into account when recruits walk through and they see Corey Higgins in a Moscow jersey, like they don't care. Maybe they should, but they don't. They care about seeing Andre Robertson in a Thunder jersey. Well, you could throw Corey Higgins in his Bobcats jersey from a few years ago. You could do all of the different players to play I'm, in the last I'm few years. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm totally fine with Keep that. Keep it focused on the NBA. NBA. Okay. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have one final segment, a fun one, finally, after some doom and gloom in the first two I segments. This last segment was fantastic. This was I've a great segment, too. The entire time. And I've I had spent fun an entire too. segment ripping on Cal. How is that doom and gloom? Well, doom and gloom for the Buffs fans about not getting a quarterback. But, anyways, we're going to have some fun. We're going to do some BSN 10 style questions at ourselves. Uh, so stick around. We'll be right back after this quick sponsor, or a quick word from our sponsor on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Jackson's Hole opened up in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching all sporting events. Almost 40 years later, Jackson's All-American Sports Grill is keeping the reputation alive. We've upgraded our TVs to 65 and 70 inch HD flat screens. We have amazing food and to top it all off, we have almost 30 beers on tap, including our table taps that you can control at your own table. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off of Arapahoe and I-25. Jackson's, the original sports grill. Fossil Trace Golf Club is a destination for golfers across the country. Tucked into the foothills of Golden, Colorado, Fossil Trace is one of the most unique courses in America. Hole 12 was named one of the most fun 18 holes in America by Golf Digest. Fossil Trace is 5280's best golf course, and it's less than 20 minutes from downtown Denver. Go to Fossil Trace to escape the ordinary and discover the extraordinary with prehistoric and modern. Schedule your tee time up to 60 days in advance at FossilTrace.com. If you or somebody you know has been in any type of accident, call Flesh Law. You do not want to face the insurance company alone. If you're not sure what to do, Flesh Law offers free consultation and will meet with you for as long as you need. And if you do decide to file, Flesh Law will have your litigation started immediately so that they can get your case resolved quickly. Call Flesh Law at 303-806-8886 or Google Flesh Law. That's 303-806-8886 for Flesh Law. Flora is the Apple store of cannabis with three locations, the biggest selection in the state, and a tech-driven shopping experience. Euflora is the only dispensary you need. Euflora has over 75 types of edibles, tinctures, topicals, and drinks, and they have over 20 strains of flour at all times. To see everything Euflora has to offer, go to eufloracolorado.com. That's eufloracolorado.com. Welcome back to the BSN Denver Podcast Network and the BSN Buffs Podcast. I was going to say .com podcast, but like we're not online, but we kind of are online. We're on everywhere. We're everywhere. Uh, I'm extremely we're in your bedroom right always. now, and it's very awkward. The only time I get mad is online, in fact. So we're going to do a little BSN uh, 10 style uh, questionnaire here. 
And I'm going to throw it out to uh, Ryan Konigsberg and, of course, uh, Shape over here, and we're going to see how it goes. Shape, my first question is for you, <laughs> sir. Um, if you had to trust one Boyle-era basketball player uh, to put you on his shoulders uh, and get you onto a roller coaster. Literally, <laughs> literally put me on his shoulders. Literally put you on his shoulders. Well, am I trying to get over the height boundary or am I trying to be safe on the roller coaster? Who knows? Because if I'm trying to get over the height boundary, it's easily Ben Mills. But if I'm trying to be safe, I'm going to choose someone smaller and maybe like Nate Tomlinson. That's the smallest person you can think no, of? No, but I know he's, he, he's strong. He's small and he's strong, so he's going to be able to, to keep – he's dense. <laughs> All right. Um, fair enough. Uh, Ryan, yes. if you could choose one Boyle-era player to dress you for a night out on a date, who would that be? Good one. Um, first of all, obviously no one would be dressing me because I have better style than all of them. But if I had to, if, you know, gun to my head type of situation uh, – I'm taking Xavier Johnson. Xavier Johnson to dress you. That's who I'm All taking right. too. Who, who's the last person that you would let dress you? I mean, the easy answer is obviously Josh yeah. Scott. But, <laughs> but let's be creative. But it might be Mitch Lombard. Yo, it could also be. Mitch has I, so the much The person swag. I actually would trust least with this would be Eli. I don't know why. I just like. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like Josh might get me with like. Like it works for him. Maybe that's something that like. I just feel like Eli would put me in something really boring that's like it's not bad or good. It's just right. there. Okay. Okay. Um, Shape, this question is for you. Um, if you had to get drunk in the stands of Wrigley Field with one Boyle era player, who would it be? Ooh. You know, I saw Xavier Talton wearing a Dexter Fowler Cubs jersey the other day. But I it, saw that too. But it might not. I don't think it would be XT. I, I always I grew up really enjoying Richard Roby. This is a Boyle this era. This is Boyle player. era. You also grew up not listening. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. That's real. Uh, yeah, it is real. I'm going to go Austin Default. That's the most random but awesome answer. Please Why, explain though? it. He seems like he'd be a fun time. <laughs> I actually have to confirm if you you already picked Nate Tomlinson, but Nate Tomlinson. a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> like all of the fun. All those guys seem like a fun time. I know Nate and Austin used to hang out. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, those okay. Are my, yeah. That's fair. I'm going with Wesley Gordon just because he cracks me up, man. He's Literally, so funny. My answer to just about any question. He would not me. fit in the aisles at Wrigley Field. <laughs> All they I know is that, like, spending any amount of extended time with Wesley Gordon, you will end up laughing a lot. Ryan, if you had to trust one Boyle era player to take over your Twitter for an entire day, who would it be? It's so easy. Uh, it's so easy. Easy? It's really easy. Spencer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, there's no other. I was going to say, like, one, like, the difference between 1A and 1Z is huge, but, like, Bo would probably be right there because Bo's good, but Spencer has to be the answer. I think it's funny that, like, that was supposed to be a question for me, and then it ended up, like, me answering a quiz <laughs> question. I was like, uh, I don't know, A? A <laughs> um, couple other BSN Denver uh, questions, styles, things. I, I speak really well. Uh, Jake. You've had a rough night out at the bars. Um, you finally got the courage to go to that girl at the downer, and she's been dancing at oh so seductively. You've had a couple drinks yourself, uh, and you step up to talk to her, but oh no, she has a boyfriend. Um, <laughs> side chick or not, she is taken for that night, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation where fisticuffs are required. <laughs> Who are you calling on to help you in this situation of boiler era players? Who gets into fisticuffs with you? Tory Miller, because he's going to bite the dude. Oh, wow. 
Damn. <laughs> Cannibalism. All right, that's a that's a favorable way to go. Actually, Ryan, I'm I'm, I'm curious for you. Um, the the difference would be you would probably know she had a girl or boyfriend and you wouldn't care. So um, when you've been caught with your hand wow. in the cookie jar, uh, <laughs> who are you choosing <laughs> to uh, fight fight with you? Uh, personal details being revealed here on the podcast. Um, I'm going to war with. I'm I'm taking XJ again. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> I mean, he'll do what it takes for us to get out of there. All right, all right, I like that, um, Jake. But I ride with any of those dudes. Dustin Thomas 40, might be a good like, answer I'm cool there. Forty. Yeah. XT, XT would have my back. Shannon Sharp would, yeah, also yeah. be my answer. Because that, that picture of him is viral at all times. <laughs> of him, like, squared up that, to like, the camera. That, like, actually went real it viral. It really did. It really did. Um, and last question for each of you. You roll into a house, and there probably is only one answer to this as well. Um, you roll into a house to pick up a nice young lady. Um, for some reason, she still lives at home. Maybe there's financial difficulties. Maybe she's just sheltered. We don't really know. Um, maybe she's just old school. You know, maybe she's had a long year. We don't know. We don't know the reasons. But you knock on the door. You're dressed to the nines. Uh, in Jake's case, the twos. Um, <laughs> I dress and, good. And the, well, I don't speak well. <laughs> you, the door opens, and it is a member of CU's basketball staff. Who would you find it most awkward to be staring back at you? <laughs> it's got to be Tad, right? Okay, Tad, that's a good answer, but why? Is it because he's like nine feet taller than you, or is there another reason? Or well, just because he's the head man? Is it because he's well, wearing he, sweats? He's a lot taller than me, and he has a daughter in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake knows that. It's so not the reason I asked the question. <laughs> Uh, i mean awkward awkward it would be tad intimidating because because tad has this like he kind of like when i feel like when he talks to me it's like this fatherly no very much so he's very fatherly towards me so (laughs) never mind uh so that would be the most awkward because tad would look at me like are you just leave leave. but if if it was pre that opened the door I would run. I'd run so There would be fast. no awkwardness because I would be gone before anything, any yeah. awkwardness could ensue. Yeah. Last final question. I'll keep it short. Guys, uh, you pick one Tad Boyle era player. Uh, there's point one, or you can't shoot with point. There's point five seconds left on the clock. You get one shot. Um, doesn't matter where on the court it's from, but you get one player, one shot to win you the NCAA title game. Uh, biggest game of your life so far. Who are you running? Brett Brady. Not even kidding. Well, you could get the, go with the guy who actually hit a buzzer beater in the NCAA You could tournament. do that, or you could go with the guy who does it every single day in practice from the most awkward positions. I'll take Spencer. I'll roll with Spencer. It's oh, a, you're it's talking about the, guy, the one Colorado Buffalo in history to hit a buzzer beater in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you yes, could take Bo, Bo Gamble. Gamble. Bo Gamble. Yes. Right. But Not, I'll take nobody's going to take Ski. No, I'm taking no. – I swear to you, like what you see Steph do in real life, Brett Brady does that every day in practice. He's just never done it on a real court. Yeah. That's that's all I got for hosting this. I'm segment. telling you, dude, he pull he can he can pull from the edge so of the like buffalo. Me. And he's like me. No, he's more in range wise. He's more like Adam. Oh God. Adam is the rangiest basketball player it's I've ever ungodly. played with. 
He pull, he'll pull from anywhere. No. When you play him one-on-one, he'll take one step inside <laughs> half court and go, you can give me this? You give me it? And I literally have to say no. Yeah. That is going to wrap up the BSN Buffs podcast live from the Blake Street Tavern for Will Whalen, for Ryan Koningsberg, for Tyler Ziskin, who is at our table but kind of not really on the podcast today. He was a part of this. He, he, he was with us definitely in spirit. He laughs at my jokes, and that's really all I can ever ask of anyone. He was the, studi- <laughs> he was the studi- studio audience. Uh, for me, Jake Shapiro, you can follow us on Twitter at BSN Buffs. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Please shoot us a like. Uh, we're still we're still clamoring for likes on Facebook. Uh, you can follow Will Jake Way. Will date your high school daughter if you uh, give us a like on Facebook. So there goes that. Yes. Any- uh, you guys have some catching up to do because uh, the Facebook page that I run now uh, has. 5,735 likes. Shocking. You're only you're only 5,700 away. <laughs> um, what's your Twitter handle? At William underscore Whalen. Thank you. And his is at Ryan Koningsberg. You can follow Tyler Ziskin at Buff. You can follow me at Shapalicious. Please follow us all at bsndenver.com uh, and our content's over there at bsnbuffs.com. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you next time. Hidden track. I mean, that's real. What? Hidden track. Word up. Let's roll. Okay.